If you don't learn any more Greek, you learn that. And it's all Greek to you. First of all, I would like to introduce you to some books that may help you in the study of the Word of God. Brother, I see you looking at your watch. I would like to imitate you. You're worth imitating. And what is the projection of the closing time? 25 after 11. And it's now 43 after 11 and 50, 18 seconds. All right. I won't get through, but I would like to be of utmost benefit to you. In the library, you have, or you will have, you always live by a hope in the Christian life. Some of the books which may mean a great deal to you. The first one is the Hebrew-Greek Key Study Bible. A Bible that I worked and is a result of 55 years of the study of the New Testament in the language in which it was written. The key words of the Old Testament and the New Testament are underlined. If the underlining is bold, there is a number next to the underlined word. And this will lead you to the word study section of the Bible. And you'll find a concise study of that word and of similar words that are found in the Bible. I could not do it all the words for obvious reasons you wouldn't be able to carry it. But I challenge you to go to your bookstore and look at the Bible called the Hebrew Greek Key Study Bible. If the word underlined is in light underlining and the corresponding number is not bold, you will find the word in the dictionary in the back the complete dictionary of the New Testament by James Strong. In addition, I decided when I was doing this work that if you did not know Greek grammar, you're deficient in your education. Amen, Amen is right. And I want to eliminate that possibility. Therefore, the study of Greek grammar is essential to understanding the New Testament. And we have grammatical codes. The Bible is reaching close to a million copies circulation. It is available in the King James Version and in the New American Standard Version, and it's soon to come out in the NIV.
the newly invented version. <laughs> Until such time as, if the Lord gives me life, I will give you a correct translation, an adequate translation, which I call periphrastic. You ask your Greek professor to give you the meaning of that. Periphrastic translation, not the paraphrasis, but P-E-R-I, periphrastic. Well, and I am preparing now an exegetical New Testament, which I hope will be of great value to you. But doing this Bible was inadequate. I recognize that because I could not handle all the words. Therefore, we did something else. I took the New Testament, the King James Version, which has the greatest circulation, and we have the New Testament Word Study. And it has every word of the New Testament coded by number to give you the original Greek word that it translates. This word, this study, was deemed worthy of receiving the gold medallion award of all Bible publishing two years ago in America. I wasn't satisfied with that, so that you may have a reference work that will tell you what English word translates what. I did something else with the help of my wife, and that is a dictionary of all the New Testament words, including the prepositions. For if you do not understand the Greek prepositions, you're hopeless. You cannot understand fully and adequately the New Testament. And so the 1,500 page of the dictionary, New Testament word dictionary, hopefully will be available in your bookstore. Also, how about the Old Testament? I do not want to forget that God spoke first in Hebrew. Shalom. And then he allowed, we believe in a sovereign God, don't we? He allowed Alexander the Great to conquer the world in the year 300 B.C. And Jesus Christ came in the middle between 300 B.C. to 300 A.D. Christ was born. He was the intelligent all us, and God had a further revelation for man. Where would he find a more definitive language to give his revelation to the world than the Greek? There cannot be anything. And therefore, in God's sovereignty, the New Testament was written in Greek. My challenge to you this morning, young people, 
Take the time to learn it. You'll be richer for it. The people will listen to you because you speak with the authority that the language deserves. However, not to forget the Old Testament, we now have a 2,700-page volume called the Word Study Old Testament. And every word, as in the King James Version, for the first time in history, will have a number, has a number, and a grammatical code, so that you can have the privilege of studying the word that is given originally in Hebrew. To follow, there will be a concordance of all the Hebrew words, a 700-page book. And following that, there will be a complete dictionary of the Old Testament, all the Old Testament words. So I hope to bequeath to you what it takes to be a student of the Word of God. Now, besides that, if you can read all the books that I have written, you will have lived a long life. For I have written a total of 22 volumes on 1 Corinthians. Woo! <laughs> you say, why so many volumes? Because our church, not my church, but the church of Jesus Christ in general, is very similar, is a replica of the church in Corinth. And it is necessary that you may understand how Paul the Apostle treated the church in Corinth. It is as if he's treating the problems of the 20th century in America. I hope you will carry those volumes. There are 12 already in print. The rest have been written, but they are not yet printed. A total of 22 volumes. And hold your seats. The latest one is on women. <laughs> what part should women hold in the Christian church? Admittedly, it was the hardest subject to deal with. Especially the last six verses of the 14th chapter of the epistle, of first epistle of the Corinthians, to the Corinthians. Now, there are three places I want you to look at. No? Yes, we'll come to this. I hope you have your Greek New Testament. Your education is lacking if you don't. You are attending Master's College. You ought to be able to know the Master's language. Now, the first word is the word paroxinome. Woo! What is that? Turn to Acts. 
chapter 16, 17. Acts chapter 17. And as Paul was coming to Athens, have you ever been to Athens? Ooh, I ought to put a tour together for you to visit Athens and all the other places. Paul in Athens, he was, the word is in the translation, stirred. Paroxinato in Greek. You know, as if somebody was near him and jabbing him. Be stirred! Something is wrong in this city. The city where the greatest philosopher lived, Socrates. Something wrong with the philosophy of Athens. Something wrong with the practice of Athens. Paul, if you have any conscience, be stirred. Paroxysm is the word. You use dictionaries here, don't you? I beg to tell you that 40% of all the words in the English language are taken from the Greek. So you might as well go to the original. Paroxysm. Paul was stirred by looking at the environment into which he came. And young people, I want to challenge you this morning to start looking at the environment in which you live. And don't simply look. Be stirred. Let paroxysm take hold of you. When I was 16 years of age, and I was in high school in Cairo, Egypt, and was born again by the grace of God, I looked at the school which I was attending, and I was stirred. And I started doing something about it. Sharing the wonderful Christ that was within me. They used to sing a song. What are you, thousand students here? There were thousand students there. And they all gathered together to write the song for me. Here comes a Protestant. Here comes a Protestant. I was an exception. And every evening that I left, here goes a Protestant. For six years, I had this. In the middle, I said, I'm going to start preaching. And I preached my first sermon at the age of 16. I'm 72 now. Long time. That's why I published Pulpit Helps. And 200,000 preachers get it. And I want to tell you a way you can get it too. As soon as a priest, who was a professor of religion, heard from some of the students that I preached my first sermon, and while I preached, 
They had eggplants such as you have here in California, big ones, filled with dirt, and they threw them at me. Can you imagine? Woo! That was paroxysm! To do a better job. And the next day, the priest who had me expelled from school, my professor, couldn't handle me. And so he went to the headmaster and had me expelled from school. One week at home gave me time to read the local newspaper called False Light, a Greek newspaper in Cairo, Egypt. About 100,000 Greeks lived in Cairo. And I put two and two together. Everybody in this town that's Greek and knows the language reads the Greek newspaper. I cannot reach a hundred thousand people. The only way is to get this blessed message of the gospel that is news indeed in the newspaper. Oh, but as soon as Satan realized that I determined this in my heart. The little fellow, you know, suggests, who are you to think that you can do something that was never done before? Missions, may I say, to a certain extent is a failure because we only do what was done before. Wake up, you brilliant young people. God has given you a mind, not only a heart. You are stirred as you see the world. But don't forget to use your God-given unique ability, the mind. I wish I could give you some lectures on the mind. All I need to say is use it. All the Greeks in Cairo read the newspaper, the Greek newspaper. Therefore, if I write a gospel message and I get it printed in the newspaper, I will have reached the Greeks in the city. Just an idea, an idea that Satan tells you is impossible to realize. Don't believe him, he's a liar. Don't believe him. You have one that is greater than him. You are smarter than he is. You have the resurrection of Jesus Christ to base yourself as to the ability of God in you. Impossible? Well, later my priest the professor called me back to school because he couldn't get to sleep. He said, Spiros, come back to school. I want to get to sleep. His conscience was bothering him. And I went back to school. And I continued my education. I got through several universities and so on. But my heart was stirred. 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 They tried to stop me. They couldn't. 
I started my high school with 76 fellow students, all dropped, all failed, but 18, and then I graduated from high school, and I took my diploma from the Bishop of Sinai, and I didn't even have to kiss his hand. I never spoke a word of English until I was 11 years old. And you know how it started? When I was in fourth grade, I was kicked out of school because I refused to kiss the hand of a priest. And that was the beginning of my learning your language. I was tried nine times before a criminal court. Why? Because I got the gospel message, not only in the newspaper in Cairo, Egypt, but in newspapers all over Greece, including Romance magazine. You know what I'm praying for? I'm praying that some of you will get the challenge and reach those people who read Playboy magazine. Don't you think a gospel message in there is needed? Why is it done? I come to the conclusion that instead of me doing it, there are others whose duty it is to do it. You say, how do you get the gospel message in? As paid advertisement. Everybody loves money. Use money to get the gospel. The greatest news in the world. And today, oh, I praise God that the gospel message is a result of that dream that resulted from being expelled from school so many years ago. The gospel message is published in Muslim newspapers, in Buddhist newspapers, in Hindu newspapers with amazing results. Our daughter, Lois, is married to Paul Jenks. Thirteen years ago, they went as missionaries to Thailand. And being my son-in-law, you have to imitate some, somehow your father-in-law. And Paul went to the largest Buddhist newspaper of the world. Most missions is for church planting. I don't know who invented that term. Missions is exposing the people to the gospel in any way that is legitimate. Paul went to Tyrat, the leading Buddhist newspaper in Bangkok, and got the gospel message. It only cost $360. And praise the Lord for the supporters of AMG that gave that money so that it could be done. Then our daughter Lois went to the post office with a shopping bag, thinking that there's going to be some male, some Buddhists are interested in a man who raised others from the dead, and finally he raised himself. That's the news, the greatest news in the world. And when she saw how many letters 
had come from Buddhists. She called her husband Paul. Paul, bring a truck. Don't you wish you were the one who spent some of this money for the gospel to go in the leading Buddhist newspaper of the world? In Pakistan today, the gospel message appears in the leading newspapers of Pakistan. In Indonesia, how I wish you could each get our AMG news. And if you come and put your name and address, if you have a permanent address, please, because it costs a lot of money to change addresses. You will receive this AMG news once a month, and I guarantee you, you will have a revival in your heart to see what a sovereign God can do in taking the weak efforts of people such as me and change things around. You will see our seminary in Indonesia, all attended by former Muslims, who accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior, who are studying to serve God in their own country. Nineteen graduated, and they are going as missionaries to Borneo. How I wish I could lecture to you on missions. In the language that the people understand. And if you can use a native to do it, so much better. So, we sow the seed in the newspapers. You say, will Muslims read the newspapers? Yes, if they're Muslim newspapers, they'll read it. And if you make the gospel as the greatest news in the world, there's another word here that I want you to realize. Verse 21 of Acts 17. And all the Athenians and those foreigners that dwelt there, I'm doing my own translation, by the way, in nothing else did they have time for to speak or to hear something something newer. And the unfortunate thing about the translations of the New Testament is they fail to differentiate between two words. Alos and eteros. Another of the same kind, eteros. Another of a different kind. You see how much you miss in your New Testament? Get it in the... In the translate, in the original. Use the helps. This is kenotron, something new that is different. And listen, there are five and a half billion people in the world. Only 1.2 billion people have ever heard of Christ. And almost a billion people are Muslims. They are going to overtake us. And the next group is Hindus, 550 million Hindus. And the rest are 
Buddhists. 350 million Buddhists. Tell me, tell me, young people, are we reaching the world for Christ or are we kidding ourselves? You spend your money to put the gospel in the newspapers. And it isn't the people who are not interested. In India, we get 50,000 letters a month by our humble, limited efforts to put the gospel in the newspaper. In Indonesia, the Lord has wonderfully blessed. And I would rather spend my money to tell the people that the gospel which we preach is different than what they heard before. Kenotaran, kenos. Different, not only new. And slowly, there is a wonderful revolution going on. If you get our AMG news every month, and I promise to send you also pulpit helps, that is received by over 200,000 ministers for three months, free subscription. You come and put your name and address here. You'll be so stirred in your heart that the message which you have is different than the people have ever heard. That they will be glad to hear it. For instance, the word rest. Come unto me and I will give you rest. Matthew eleven twenty-eight. What's the word? Anapopsis. It means internal rest. And the world knows nothing about this rest. They only know rest as katapopsis. Another Greek word which means cessation of work. Instead of rest, tranquility of spirit, which is internal, and you will be surprised how people will be impressed by that rest that is yours, if you can only communicate it to them. The Gospel appears in newspapers and magazines. Two years ago, I went to Kabbalah, which is the ancient city of Philippi in Greece, to preach on the seventh floor of a tall building to a congregation that started through a lady finding the Lord as a Savior through Romance magazine. Oh, you say, this guy is crazy. Where did you find him? He's suggesting that we put the gospel message in Romance magazine, in Playboy magazine. Yes. America has the wealth, the Christians, to sponsor this. And unless we wake up, we shall not reach the people who need to be reached with something that is newer. Where is your watch? You still have it? 
I didn't steal it for you. It's 17 minutes after. How much more do I have? All day? <laughs> Believe it or not, two years ago I had a stroke. It took away speech for me. It took away the ability to write. But God has restored me to bring this message to you. It may be that you need it. It may be that God is going to use you in the world. And now, I want you to look at the mirror and look at yourself. Look at the world. Look at the Lord. Realize His omnipotence. Don't ever accept the word impossible to get in your dictionary. If a little boy called Spiro Zoriaris didn't have shoes to wear, and so I had to walk with the shoes that people gave me. If I had absolutely nothing, but I had a great God, you have the same too. I don't know which direction the Lord has as many ways of guiding people as there are faces. There are preachers who will get up here and probably tell you what you should do. Nobody can tell you what you should do. Only a sovereign God for His leading in your life may be different than anybody else. I only tell you my own experience for I saw God at work. Now, I look at the mirror, look at myself. Oh, what terrible looks. <laughs> Who are you? I heard that from Satan long ago. Who are you to think that you can do something that will make a difference? And I come to the last word. We've learned three words. Paroxinome, to stir. And the second word, what is it? Huh? Something newer. Ah, uh, thank you. And the Greek, kenoteron. <laughs> and the third, that is, Received unfortunate translation. Forsake. Hmm. You find it, for instance, in, or not in the Acts, in Luke. Luke 14. Luke 14 and verse 33. And you remember the two parables of our Lord that precede this? Says somebody starts building, doesn't count the cost, lift, leaves the building half finished, and people pass by, say, oh, half finished. And Christianity is a ridicule to the world. Because we said, oh, we're stirred, we're going to finish the job. 
you have a missionary conference coming on. I wish I could be here. But you have determination, but you didn't count the cost. To finish the building. And the world passes by and says, that's Christianity for you. Half job. Half finished. Or you declare war with so many soldiers, but you don't dare declare war against a greater army. And then, our Lord gives the reason why. Why the task is unfinished. Udos un pas eximon. It's all Greek to you, all right. But it's in the 33rd verse of the 14th chapter of Luke. Thus, he says, therefore, every one of you who does not, and that's the word, forsake apotasete. Go to your library, you don't have to buy the book, and look at the word. Tasome comes from taxis. Taxis means order. Means grade. Tasome means finding myself in the category that I belong. Some of you are freshmen. Some of you are sophomore. Nobody knows what you are. You're between wise and the morons. Some of you are grown up in the juniors, and then you're seniors and you know it all. You classify yourself according to taxes, your mental capacity, your ability to learn, order. And God is a God of order. Now, apotasome does not mean forsake. At random, this chapter begins with verse 25. And the Lord said, if you don't hate your mother and your father and your family, you're not worthy of me. What does he say? You want to serve the Lord? Listen. It is God who is telling you. And if you go to Matthew 10:37, you will find the explanation of this. You don't need to go any commentary. 10:37. What does it say? He who loves or befriends, that's two words that you should learn. Befriend and love. He who befriends, who loves father or mother, what is the word there? More than me. Listen, if you came to Master's College, if I understand the college, 
loving your mother or father or your family more than you love the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that you lose that. But that does not mean the forsaking of your family. Apotasome means the placement of your family, of your father and mother, of your brothers and sisters in the category which they belong, and they are not gods. Don't treat them as such. They should not have the last word in your life. Respect them. Give them what is due to them. It means place them in their own human category. <laughs> when you hear, read the 15th chapter of Matthew, and what did the Jews do? Verbally, they said, everything belongs to God. Oh, yes. Sing it with beautiful music. Ring the bells. Everything belongs to the Lord. But if mother or father needed their personal care, oh, then say Korban! Say everything belongs to the Lord. Yes, but don't refuse that which belongs to your father and mother and to your family. This is the meaning of the word translated, unfortunately, forsake. Apotasome. And I dare say this morning to you, if every one of us, or as many as God works in their hearts, will put their families and all that belongs to you, you may be brilliant, you may be endowed with wonderful gifts, but put them all in their category. Don't live for self. Don't be ignorant of the respect and the care that you should give to your family. But give God first place and you'll be amazed at what is going to take place with yourself. You're going to please God and you're going to please your parents with what belongs to them. Apotasome is the third word that I would like to teach you. And the Greek lesson is going to cost you nothing. I'm cheaper than your professors. <laughs> Learn more. Look at the world. Look at the Lord. Look at yourself. Put your name and address there to receive the challenge that can come to you. Our Father in heaven, we thank thee for the way that thou hast given freedom. Lord, we pray this morning that each one separately may hear thy voice, may look at the world in such a terrible shape, may look at the Lord, such an omnipotent Lord and Master, and look 
at ourselves, look at family, and let no one be loved more than Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen.